interesting tipping point of how consumers are interacting with not only each other, given the last few years, but you know how they're buying, reviewing, and recommending products and brands to their wider audience. You are listening to the Stream UK and Alison and Partners podcast. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of The Stream UK, an Alison and Partners podcast. Each month, we provide you with the latest insights and analysis from the world of marketing and communications. This month, we're looking into the rise of the prosumer, first coined by futurist Alvin Toffler in his 1980s book, The Third Wave. The term's been used to describe the active role that consumers play in the commercialization of goods. It combines the words producer and consumer, and gives a name to consumers who are increasingly able to not just decide the brands they want to buy from, but how the brands operate and what they stand for. Prosumers no longer just change companies indirectly by voting with their wallets, they also actively change brands by engaging with them directly. This month, I sat down with Dan Whitney and Gina Mossy from our London office to dive into the mindset of the prosumer and what it means for brands. I started by asking Dan to describe how we would identify a prosumer in 2021. I think for me, the rise of the prosumer is an exciting one as it really allows us to market our products to an audience that is open-minded, they're empowered and they're calculated in decisions that they make when it comes to brands, tech and, you know, personal professional product use, you know, how they use them products is now intertwined and changing. So, you know, I think looking at that kind of landscape, nothing is linear anymore, you know, brand products and services and tech, they're all intertwined. Uh, and this customer segment, you know, they really have the ability to help shape not only how we market and, and sell, but also how we, if we, you know, if we listen to them, we brace their influence, you know, they can help shape the design and creation of new products in the future. So I think that's, for me, is kind of how I'd wrap up the prosumer uh, in today's current, current market space. And Gina, in our report, we do talk about the impact of the pandemic. And that includes the way that the relationship between consumers and prosumers and the relationship they have with brands has changed during that time. How would you sum up the changing relationship there? Yeah, well, I think the biggest change um, really that the pandemic has brought about in, in this kind of realm is in the economic uncertainty that it's brought to many of us. And a lot of us have kind of had like a, an involuntary but but very, very real uh, reassessment of the spending that we're doing and the spending that we would have done pre-pandemic. Uh, it's not quite the same, you know, even those of us that haven't been hit really hard financially have definitely kind of had a realisation that a lot of regular outgoings that we used to have were very much sort of unnecessary when we really stopped to think about it. So I think as consumers sort of become more picky about where their money goes, they're increasingly trending more towards becoming those prosumers that Dan, that Dan just kind of explained. But with society sort of becoming, you know, really quite divided and confusing throughout this period, you know, consumers are really looking to brands that they can really engage with and, and sort of steer the direction of and, and feel a certain element of control over and feel like their voices are being heard. And these are definitely trends that we saw emerging before the pandemic, but this kind of political and societal uncertainty that, that we've all faced over the last kind of 18 months has really made us increasingly sort of look to brands for, for really just a bit of positivity and a bit of inspiration. And that's the sort of things that we're increasingly looking for within these brands now. Yeah, there have certainly been many, many changes. And a lot of the conversation now is to whether or not these changes will endure. So Dan, do you think that any of these trends might reverse or are we entering a new normal in the way that consumers interact with the brands that they use every day? I think the idea of choice has always been one that 
us as humans need and crave. And, you know, we've got more choice than ever before now. Multiple product lines, new brands are entering the market every day. And, you know, I think we've really reached a tipping point of how consumers are interacting with not only each other, given the last few years, but, you know, how they're buying, reviewing and recommended products and brands to their wider audience. So I think this is the new normal. I, I don't think we'll reverse to where we've been. But equally, I don't think this is going to last for very long. I think technology and the emergence of, you know, new AI powered products, just thinking of that specifically, that's going to mean that I think we'll see another big shift in, in maybe the next five years that will again change our perception of what this, this normal is. Indeed, you know, the Google CEO, Sander Pichai said, AI will be the most profound technology for humanity. It will play a fundamental role across every aspect of our life. You know, if you start thinking about that for a minute and think even the leader of that massive organization is forecasting a major shift that's going to affect everything that we do, you know, from consumers to, to our everyday lives. The future is both very exciting, but also quite challenging. And I think the trends that we're now seeing, they're just going to shift and move to the next thing. Focusing in on those prosumers who, as we said, are, are pretty valuable to brands, what's the best way for brands to either identify their existing prosumers or new customers who might in the future become prosumers? The most sort of interest and and passion areas that people have and and the brands that are associated within those, you know, definitely very much over the last kind of 10, 15 years, they've been increasingly these communities of prosumers have been found within certain online spaces and looking at doing a lot of this kind of conversation online. But particularly with the events of the last 18 months, you know, that this is the predominant area that that they'd be found. I think people that are passionate about having their feelings about their kind of interests and and the brands that they uh, interact with, these sorts of people aren't shy about being vocal online, uh, whether that's on social media or within certain specific uh, dedicated forums for these interest areas. But a lot of us still feel kind of less comfortable socialising the way that we did pre-pandemic. So a lot of us are going to continue to socialise more remotely uh, and more online and find like-minded people in online forums. So that's only kind of to continue I'd say so it's really about getting all of your research and insights in order in terms of where the sorts of people that you are looking to target are hanging out so doing things like setting up social listening queries to track mentions of your brand or for certain topics or those kind of passion points on tools like brand watch and being able to analyze the perceptions that are coming out there through conversation it's a great way to to really start to find these prosumers and also doing things like polling your current customers as well on their on their views so whether that's done through social media or it's done through an email marketing survey it's also a really great way to kind of dig deeper into those cultural conversations that are happening in your particular area and where where people stand on certain things. And Gina, how does this fit into the wider concept of community building? Why might brands want to build a community amongst their customers? It's really about creating a vehicle where you can have a two-way dialogue with customers. Any way that you can do that is, is the way to go when, when it comes to this. Um, and it's really, really important for both sides of the kind of brand customer relationship. So looking at the prosumers, you know, it's important for them because it really makes them feel valued and it really makes them feel like they are being listened to uh, by the brand, you know, looking at kind of more sort of sub-tribes within the, the kind of consumer persona and looking at um, different categories within that. This attribute, when it comes to looking at a brand, constantly ranks highly in the top three uh, when it comes to driving uh, long-term brand loyalty. So it's really, really important to make sure that customer feedback and opinions are being acknowledged and responded to within any kind of community that you have. And particularly for the for the very best in class, cons- uh, customer-centric brands, that feedback should be being fed into future product development. You know, consumers' opinions should be, should be actually going somewhere and feeding into that. 
And then on the other side of things for the brand, what you get here is it's a continuous window into the kind of needs and the pain points of your audiences. And, and you get that in real time. So you can see the changes in perceptions as they happen. So you can really see sort of what's bugging them, what are they loving, what types of attributes are they looking for in their products and services at any given time? You know, also things like what influencers are they listening to? You know, what other external factors are influencing them that you need to have a think about and you need to be engaging with to be able to further engage these prosumers. So I'd say building an engaged social community is important, but brands can definitely go a step further by sort of building their own brand community ecosystem. And a lot of the most successful communities actually do exist in these kind of bespoke forums that, that brands actually create. Now, Dan, Gina touched on uh, most of the points there about how brands might want to interact with the communities they build. But I wonder if you have any other thoughts on how brands can make sure they're really staying engaged with their communities. And I guess more specifically, how can they engage in a way that keeps their communities safe, constructive, healthy, and avoids them becoming forgotten and toxic? Yeah, great question. I think um, there's some kind of clear principles that we can look to adapt when we want to think about engaging our communities and keeping them safe. I think for me, the first thing would always be around surprising and delighting them and make sure that we show that we care. I think a little something goes a long way to winning that advocacy battle and turning passive consumers into them active prosumers. But it's important to remember that it's not always about giving away free stuff. Events, early sneak previews of products, they all show fans that you really care about them and that's really valuable. I think the next thing to focus on is, is your employees as a brand. You know, these are often people that are experts and they have lots to say on the subject matter. So interacting with your community on a human level and using people from right across your organization is really important from C-suite to designers to packers in the factory, you know, showing that real authenticity is the key. And it's going to give you credibility when you talk to your audience on a, on a bigger level. The next thing I suppose that really comes into this is trying to communicate and trying to look to align a social cause. Some brands, this is easier than the others. Clearly, you know, charities, for example, they do find it very easy to build communities, as do pet care brands for obvious reasons. But I think whatever you, whatever your brand or the service that you're selling, you know, think carefully about the CSR program and, and the purpose direction that you take as a business, because these are the sort of things, certainly now, um, given the last 18 months of how people think and behave and, and interact with brands, they can have far reaching appeal than, um, than anything else for these prosumer audience. And then finally, the, the kind of final point really would be around don't try and do too much. It's really easy to get carried away. And, and you know, if you get a cause that's suddenly causing lots of uh, engagement and the community excited by it, doesn't mean that you have to sort of jump in and do lots more of that. So I think opening them floodgates could be a, a problem for some brands when they think they've got something that works. They just sort of roll it out over and over again. And got to remember that this audience really go for that meaningful engagement. It's about you know, having a constant drumbeat of conversation and, and speaking to that audience is, is key to this uh, engaging them and, and growing that uh, conversation with them. is how we can encourage more user-generated content, how we can use more user-generated content in our campaigns. So I wonder, where do you see user-generated content intersecting with the community building that we've been talking about so far? I think, you know, much like a, a new puppy, a community isn't just for Christmas, it's for life. You know, you need to really commit to your community for the long term and understand, you know, that a badly managed 
or, or abandoned community, for example, you know, they can do more damage than no community at all. So you've got to ask their opinions, you've got to get them involved and you've got to use them to create content for you. Look at engaging them to create your big hero ad spot for the next campaign. You know, this is really going to see them and get them engaged. I think whatever you do decide though, remember it's important to keep it authentic. You know, you've got to have a reason for doing it. And UCG, you know, that's a massive opportunity for brands to really start to understand how audiences behave with their products, how they engage with them, how do they interact with them. And, you know, the community are going to do this regardless of whether you set up a forum for doing it with them. So you might as well build a relationship with them and a partnership with them that supports and drive that loyalty and advocacy for a longer term relationship and mutual benefit. So UGC is, is a really great thing if done properly and managed in the right way. So far, I've been talking about brands that might very successfully build a community, but there are a lot out there that don't necessarily lend themselves to such obvious community building. I'm thinking cleaning products, air purifiers, batteries, kind of very everyday household items. How can they attach themselves to potentially bigger causes or other areas to build a community? It really all comes down to making sure that you prioritize your community's needs above your brand's needs. You know, always link back to your insights on, on what it is that they really need versus what you feel you can give them. Like definitely think of about the former rather than the latter. What is it that they really want from you? And I think with these kind of the examples that you mentioned specifically, you know, looking at those, they all definitely have links to, you know, a wider purpose of around, you know, making the world a better place in some way. So I think it comes to really thinking audience first here. And so to take the air purifiers example um, specifically, you know, the type of consumers that we target for something like that, they are going to be health conscious. They're going to be eco-conscious. So it's really about tapping into that and thinking about who could you pair up with that you can actually genuinely contribute something value to, you know, if it is a charity, what is it that you're bringing to the table and your brand is bringing to the table that accelerates what they're already doing on their own? You know, charities do a brilliant job in, in the jobs that they do every day, but what, what are we giving to them that, that really kind of is able to accelerate and level up what they're doing? So for air purifiers, for example, it might be some, you know, doing something like hitting out schools in high pollution areas or something like that, you know, ultimately how you need to think about how you can tap into a purpose that you can have in common with your community you know looking at what they want their kind of individual purpose to to be in life and looking at how you can support that as a brand and how you can live it and of course there's so much more detail in the full report which anyone can find online at alsonpr.co.uk however just to wrap us up for this podcast i was wondering if but if you could just give some really world-class example of brands that have built communities and are engaging prosumers. Dan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, great. I think for me, it's probably due to the fact that I've got a five-year-old, but Lego have consistently delivered in this space. You know, they listen, they engage with their wider community, and they've been doing this for the best part of 70 years. Lego Ideas is a place where communities can submit their um, and ideate their kind of thinking and thoughts around construction models and, and the popular ones even end up on shelves. So it, it really helps to engage the, the consumer. It works because they have a say in the development. And it goes back to what I was saying at the start of this, that if you give that community the power, um, they can be really helpful and responsible for driving future product development. Uh, and Lego just do this in spades over and over again. So um, for me, it would be them guys. Yeah, so I'm not afraid to say it. I was also going to mention Lego, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think we did. I think we read the same article. Um, But I also have a couple of other examples as well. So uh, Airbnb, 
um, has a really good online community um, hub that they have. It's mainly for their hosts on there um, and it lets them kind of share tips and tricks and connect with each other in their um in their local areas they also organize like local social gatherings and person as well so it really kind of taps into what are hosts on the platform actually what are they worried about they're worried about how you know how they invite people you know how they get more people to come stay with them how they make them their you know uh, guests have the best possible time so it allows them to to be kind of chatting around that and, and making that their, their priority uh, and then another one that we did mention in the port uh, in the report was the phone brand OnePlus. they did a really great job they had a really small and dedicated um, community at launch um, but they grew it in a really impressive and sustainable way by first of all they had a system of early invitations people could purchase and then they also had a really great system of forums on their website where people could go and talk um, about what they loved about the brand and because it was quite kind of grassroots at that point it really gave that kind of exclusive feel and really made those you know people that had the, that phone and, and could invite others to, to kind of join the community was really great in driving um, early adopters early on very similar to how Monzo did it as well Monzo did it very similarly to that too thank you so much to Dan and Gina for joining the podcast to chat all things prosumers If this has caught your attention and you'd like to find out more, then keep your eyes peeled for new updates on the stream as we release our latest report on the rise of the prosumer. For everyone listening, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Stream UK. We're a monthly podcast diving into all things marketing and communications with our team here at Allison & Partners. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss our latest episode. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can always find out more at allisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks for stopping by. Mm-hmm.